All right, Glicks, you sack of screws. Did you ruin this week's episode too, or uh, are we actually going to be able to play it as intended? I'm not sure, John. Are you going to hit the save button as intended? You know what? I'm not sure I like your sass that you're giving me right now. I'm not sure I like the Norton spyware you attempted to install on my system last week. All right, fine then, whatever. Just roll tape. John Haryu, Steve MacDonald, Music Theory, Interviews, Music Theology, Primitive Rhythm Machine. Hello, friends. Uh, our overlord said we can have another episode this month, so uh, welcome to part two of the uh, series. I guess two. If it's a two-part thing, is it a series or is it? Well, it is in serial, so yeah, sure. You can have okay. a series of two. Okay, so our two-part series of the Spotify playlists challenge. I don't know. Um, one of our it- cast. One of our cast mates in uh, playing games with strangers had put it out there to for everybody to make a uh, personal twelve song playlist on Spotify, and so that's kind of what we've been basing these episodes off of. Last episode, we pulled mine out and dissected it, so we said, "Hey, let's do this for Steve now too." And the Moras, a.k.a. our overlord, said, hey, that sounds like a great idea. So that is what we're doing. Steve made a 12, managed to narrow everything down to 12 songs. I did. Uh, you was, were, it's bizarre. You were up to 25 at one at the last time we had talked. Yeah, and even that was selected because I had... I had more that I had to like, like consciously not put on the list because I knew I was over 12 and, and it was, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, for me, music has been such a huge part of my life and so many different types and for different reasons that it's difficult to, to, and, and there's still stuff that I could not include on my list. You know, so there's there's that. Um, there's nothing from the 70s. Oh, nothing. Yeah. I, I was just about to say, oh, well, well, there's the Rush tune. But then I'm like, no, that's 1980. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um, my original list started out with an instrumental. Which was uh, a song called Joy which is a, sort of a rock version with more like rock organ of um, uh, J.S. Box uh, joy, Yezu joy of man's desiring. So I'm doing it terribly, but my, it, that's one of my very first musical uh, memories uh, outside of, you know, hymns in the church and my mom playing piano and stuff. But that's my very first memory of an actual song existing in my world. And I was like, oh, I have to include this. And of course, it's not on the list. So mm-hmm. um, 
I wanted to include a, uh, a Led Zeppelin song to sort of encapsulate and incorporate all of the 70s all in one. Um, I narrowed it down to, to two Led Zeppelin songs, and neither of them made the list. <laughs> uh, out, of, out of curiosity, what were the two Led Zeppelin songs? Being a was, Zeppelin fan myself. It was In the Light, which is their follow-up to Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. off of, I believe it's off of Physical Graffiti. I think I think both of them were off of Physical Graffiti. And the other one was um, uh, In My Time of Dying, uh-huh. which is a, a re- redone version of a fantastic old gospel song or a blues gospel song which would incorporate a lot of stuff and especially at the end of it i won't ruin it but it's a very long song i think it's like 10 minutes long and it ends peculiarly let me tell you that because listen to the whole song it's a beautiful song but listen and then when it comes to the end pay attention and that's all I got to say about that song. All right. But uh, just, it's a fantastic one. Well, for as as much as I'm sure you want to talk about 700 songs that aren't <laughs> actually on the list, let's actually jump on the list before you start steving out and being like, I've got 12 songs, but here's 13 more that aren't on the list. Yeah, I didn't put any black gospel on, which I was raised with a whole lot of black gospel. I didn't put any Christian funk on, which uh, is a new discovery for me probably in the last you know five to eight years i'm not exactly sure but but uh, just some absolutely fantastic stuff coming out of the 70s didn't include any of it the rock and roll stuff that i i had growing up in the 70s didn't include any of it so my very first thing are you going to introduce the ones like 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 i did well, I was gonna try to, but you, you, you're you're all keyed up and ready to go. Man. Nah, I'm I'm laid back. I'm reading a magazine. Go ahead. Yeah, that that that's that's great pod there. Just get make sure you get those page sounds right in there. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we first we have Red Brachetta by Rush. Barchetta. I know. I'm. I'm mispronouncing it intentionally because I am a big old love me some food and haven't had dinner yet. Uh, it's off the it's off of the album Moving Pictures. Classic Moving Pictures album, and this is actually kind of funny because this is one of my very first albums that I bought, but I didn't keep it because it was part of the. If anyone knows this, the the Columbia Record and Tape Club, and yes. I got like 11 or I think like 13 for a penny or something ridiculous like that. And uh, I got this huge package and my mom was like, what's that? And I'm like, Oh, just some stuff I sent away for mom. And I ran into my bedroom and I like unpacked it. And it's like, you know, blizzard of Oz and, and, uh, uh, Genesis, uh, it was three sides live or, um, uh, one of those ones that were before they got really poppy and, uh, and, uh, re- uh, moving pictures was one of them and and she came into the room she's like what is this and of course it wasn't the black gospel or the you know the hymns that (laughs) we were brought up on and so they all had to go back um but just i listened to it on the on the radio this is one of my um first songs that i remember listening to on the like actually on the radio in fact the, the the first radio memory song that i can hammer down um is uh, Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider. 
for some reason, that's like that was probably my first favorite song on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like the first song that I waited to hear because it just had this eerie feel to it, especially the start of it. Um, and the words weren't, it wasn't a love song. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about rock and roll. It was about, you know, this lunatic fringe that's out there. So that's a whole different discussion. Um, it made me want to listen to songs that weren't just about, you know, girls and, and rock and roll. And so when I discovered Rush, and especially this album, um, it really made my world pop because they did songs about science fiction. They did songs about the Twilight Zone. They did songs about fantasy. They did songs that were epic, you know, whole album sides or, you know, at one side of this album and then the next side of another album and things like that. And, and finding it was like an archaeological tour for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Red Barchetta was uh, of the songs on moving pictures that I wanted to represent here. Red Barchetta was the one that uh, musically it's fantastic. And it had a science fiction theme to it where the other ones um, on this album didn't really have that. They're still great, but it didn't uh, reflect that element of the, um, of the listening experience to the songs. Um, and it, it was it, it was a favorite of mine when I finally find, found out what a barchetta was. I thought it might have been like uh, something to wear or something like that. I, w- I was a kid. I didn't know anything about cars. Still don't. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm not really a car head, but it was just listening to this song. And the way that it's written is is it's like a tour de force of a songwriting because in such a little time. Neil Peart, the drummer for Rush, who's the the writer for this song, um, he is like the master of succinctly saying what he needs to say. And so it's if you don't know the song, I I won't ruin it at the end um, because it's still a fantastic song to listen to and to experience the story of. But uh, and just a, a couple of lines here. Sundays, I elude the eyes and hop the turbine freight to far outside the wire where my white-haired uncle waits. And you're like, that's a whole bunch of words. But (laughs) it tells you so much in just that time. On Sundays, his day off probably, he eludes the eyes. And you're like, what are the eyes? You know, it's like... like what is that and hop the turbine freight so it's like he can't just go to this place he has to like hop the the freight train he has to be like the hobo to get from one place to another it's 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 not the type of train where it's a it 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 takes people places it's it's a it's a freight train Mm -hmm. so he's doing something that is off the grid literally probably here and to far outside the wire you know that we're like the wire. There's a wire around where he lives. It's kind of weird, and you know where his white-haired uncle waits. So this is an older guy, and he finds this car, this 50-odd-year car, and he's his uncle keeps it up, and then he goes out for a joyride, and then later on in the song. It's suddenly ahead of me across the mountainside, a gleaming alloy air car shoots toward me two lanes wide. 
I spin around with shrieking tires to run the deadly race, go screaming through the valley as another joins the chase. And then later on he says, um, it, and it's it's not like he's having a good time here, really, because later on he says, laughing out loud with fear and hope, I've got a desperate plan. And, and the play out of the song is, is how he actually is able to, or maybe he doesn't. You know, what happens with this uh, this air car that that's coming towards him and and what happens after that and and it just going through it you if you're listening to it the right way you get this sense of what's going to happen it's a story it, it's really a well-written uh succinct little story and it was fantastic caught my imagination all the songs uh, on that album caught my imagination um and it just made me like a, a big rush head back then uh, saw them live. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's that's why Red Barchetta is on this list. It, it encapsulates that beginning of my understanding of what music, and especially pop music, rock and roll music, can be. So that's why this is on the list. Oh, right. Uh, number two on the list... Uh... From the album The Crossing, we have Big Country by Big Country. Oh, it's In a Big Country by Big Country. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> sorry. I got caught up in the fact that they are singing their own band name. There's a, there's not many bands that do that. There's a lot of them to do. Um. So, okay, Big Country. This uh, encapsulates a lot of things for me. First of all, if you haven't seen the video for this song, uh, go see it because it's like a mini movie. Um, it made me sort of understand what a video could be for this song, especially back in the you know, early eighties when you had, you know, Def Leppard, basically it was the <laughs> couple of videos that you saw over and over again. Um, I guess younger people probably wouldn't understand that, but in the very early days of MTV, they had about 10 different videos and they would play like two videos and then like a block of like a two minute ad, which was just the astronaut with the MTV music playing it over and over again. And it they didn't have an, any ads yet. And it was just like the, the same videos over and over. After you saw like the, the 10 videos they had, you could go outside and play because, you know, you weren't seeing it many any more videos for a while. But anyway, a couple of years after that, they started actually making you know, really film quality videos. And, and this was a really cool one. It showcased the band. Um, and it also showcased Scotland. So this song here represents basically all of the eighties pop that, that I could distill into one song. Um, and it's interesting because this one, this song along with some other ones, but this one also has this element in it. Um, when I started listening to music, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, you know, my mom was playing me black gospel and stuff. So I, I understood references to the Bible in other things. So if someone had a, a you know, a, a copy of, um, the grapes of wrath, I would say, well, you know where that, that, 
that phrase comes from. It comes from you know, a gospel song. It comes from uh, gospel uh, uh, Bible elements about the you know the grapes of wrath that that God is, is stamping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored, and so. When it comes to things like that, I ha- sort of an eye for it, an ear for it. And in this big country song, it says, um, uh, and deeper into the song, it says, just trying to find it here so I don't misquote it. Um, although I could just, exp- I, I could just, he says, I'm not expecting to grow flowers in a desert, but I can live and breathe and see the sun in wintertime. And uh, the flowers in the desert is a, uh, a biblical reference. And so when I, when I heard things like that in these songs, I would like glom onto them. And so, you know, the Duran Duran's uh, don't say a prayer for me now, save, save it for the morning after and things like that. I'd always be like, Oh, maybe Duran Duran are Christians or something. And it was, this was before the internet and you could search things easily. And, and, you know, I didn't buy those I was buying, you know, the 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 heavy metal hard rock magazines and stuff like that, and I I didn't dig into this stuff. So I I just had that sense that maybe there was something deeper there. Um, but with this one, it's this is sort of like my '80s pop song. If I had to say one '80s pop song that still had those elements to it that I'm looking for, um, this is this is that one. I'll still play it all the way through. And the the guitars, it's in some places just sound like like bagpipes. It, it's reminiscent of that whole Scottish feel mm-hmm. that later on in my life I actually came to embrace more um, through a, a good friend of mine that I worked with, who is also Scots, but. Um, this was sort of like that, just the the first part of it, where it was like, okay, I think I can deal with Scots, you know, I think I can deal with the Scottish thing. So that's why that's why this one is there. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the classic lines in the song, um, just to to give you a little bit. So uh, so take a look out here. Uh, so, so take that look out of here. It doesn't fit you because it's happened. Doesn't mean you've been discarded. Pull up your head off the floor, come up screaming, cry out for everything you ever might have wanted. And this isn't like a selfish thing, I don't think, in this song. I think it's it's talking about just defying fate, defying destiny, and just saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I want more. And what that more is, I guess, could be selfish, it could be almost anything, but when it's something that you're... that is inside you that is you know you're like a creative thing like i want this song to be the best song so i'm gonna work on it the best you know and if any if everyone else is just sort of flopping it you're just like okay never mind i'm gonna make it the best song or i'm gonna write this book and you know if it never gets published i don't care i'm gonna come up screaming and uh, it's just a, a great song there for uh, for that for those elements cool uh Next is the first of three songs that you have on your list that I actually own the albums for. Uh, it's Hallowed Be Thy Name by Iron Maiden off of their uh, Number of the Beast album. Number of the Beast, yes. This was a, a, a tough um, album for me to get into because it had very... Um, seemingly demonic stuff going on like on the on the cover of the album he's fighting the devil and 
um, you know, things like that. And and this song sort of represents the heavy metal experience for me in the 80s. Um, when I was uh, just getting into heavy music, my one of my friends had three albums, basically. He had uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets, uh, Anthrax, Among the Living, and Metal Church's um, is it called Metal Church? It was the one where uh, we watched the children pray. It's off of. I'm not savvy with Metal Church, so I couldn't speak to that one. That's okay. Um, but uh, and we watched the children pray. I was like, hey, wait a minute. There's there's a biblical reference right there. Um, with uh, Metallica, even you know, we Creeping Death later on obviously is is a, a biblical reference. But uh, on Master of Puppets, Leper Messiah, where after I read the words, I'm like, they're not talking about the Messiah as being a leper. They're talking about like televangelists who were you know bilking people out of their money as sort of like a leper Messiah. So I was like, hmm, they still have those little elements to it that you know it, it shows that. There's some sort of a biblical understanding deep down there, and I was always looking for those things. Um, with Iron Maiden, uh, you see that obviously in the the title, uh, "Hallowed Be Thy Name," and another. This is another one of those songs where it's just it it's a story. This guy is waiting to die, and it's eerie the way it starts. Uh, if you watch a live version of this, if you can, because, um, first of all, it's a tour de force singing wise and to see him do it actually live is, is phenomenal. Um, the writing is just, is, is just, it, it's like ginning up the, the horror of it, the fear of it. You know, it's like tears flow, but why am I crying? After all, I'm not afraid of dying. Don't I believe that there never is an end? So, you know, is it, he's asking a question. Don't I believe in, 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 you know, coming back after life or something like that? Someone cries from a cell, God be with you. If there's a, glo- if there's a God, then why has he let me go? You know, he's, he's pondering all these questions in this little song. And, um, and, uh, the way it uh, it finishes up, it, it sort of doesn't tell you exactly what happens. It 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 doesn't say that anything is going to happen other than what we know. Um, and it says uh, maybe uh, it's a when you know when you know that your time is close at hand. Maybe then you'll begin to understand life down here is just a strange illusion. And you think about that, and you're like, well, yeah, it's it's like seeing through a, a mirror darkly. You know, and and he's probably not trying to give a, a a gospel presentation here, but still, those little elements are still there. I'm still digging for them, you know, at this time in my life, and and trying to stay away from the you know the ACDC stuff and and the stuff that's just blatantly in your face with, um, with you know those types of references, Van Halen, things like that. And I could have put a bunch of those songs on on this list as well, but. I'm looking for substance. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is one of those things where I'm like, how can I get that in my writing? Right. And I, I probably should have dug out some of my writing while I was from <laughs> that time because you know there's there's a lot of uh, elements from that time where where I'm I'm writing this epic you know, poetry and you know sometimes it's it's more. 
uh, you know, uh, real quick lyrics to, to try to get a, an idea or a thought out. But some of it is, is like these epic, long, sprawling stories and stuff. Um, but uh, that's probably for another time. But yeah, Hallowed Be Thy Name. All right. Next on the list is one of the most haunting songs I've heard in real life, albeit my first exposure was a cover by somebody else. But you have the original on here. We have uh, Running Up That Hill, subtitled A Deal With God by Kate Bush off of her Hounds of Love album. Yes, and haunting is the word here because there are certain artists, albums, songs – sounds even that haunt me that make me almost feel uncomfortable um when i listen to them and they can be for almost no reason um like uh, the the beginning to uh, lunatic fringe you know it's just it has that the, the guitars doing that little thing there if you haven't heard it just if you just you want to listen to the first 30 seconds or so um, and it, it's just like that haunting thing where, you know, what's coming now. I know what's coming. I still enjoy the whole song, but just those, those tones, it's just eerie, you know, um, uh, uh, ghosts by Japan. Um, if you don't know that, that one, uh, it's just an eerie song. I don't think it even has a beat, you know, it's just, it's just all these weird, weird noises and stuff with lyrics over them. And, and it's, it's an interesting one, but this one here um some songs to me they're not prophetic like like i believe that these prophecies are going to come true but they say something at the time where later on this song had much more meaning for me and uh, i'll get into that <laughs> but this song here sort of encap- encapsulates the alternative music that i was uh digging Back then, I had a, a couple of friends from Salem, Massachusetts. I lived right next door to Salem, and um, they introduced me to uh, punk music, uh, alternative music, goth, um, Kate Bush, uh, you know, things like that. And they just sort of opened up my brain where there's an entire different world going on in music that you don't know about. And you'll never know about it because you don't hear it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had some good radio stations up here that actually played a lot of this stuff, um, you know, once I was getting into it. But even that, uh, if you didn't look for it, you didn't know it was there. You had all the rock stations. But um, with this one, uh, again, making a deal with God, if I only could, I'd make a deal with God and get him to swap our places. Um, the song in and of itself is more like how men and women if they were able to switch places they could understand each other better you know um but of course just reading the lyrics you might not get all of that from that um and i always sort of took it as if there was something that someone else was going through that you could process better Mm-hmm. If I only could, I'd make a deal with God and get him to swap our places. 
you know? So it's like someone, you know, it's like, oh, I can't do this math homework. And it'd be like, if I could just be you just for half an hour, I could get that thing done, you know, or whatever it was mm-hmm. in people's lives. And later on in life, um, my mom, this is uh, in the mid 2000s, my mom uh, came down with uh, some medical conditions and stuff. And then very quickly over the course of about uh, a month, she had something scheduled to go into the hospital, but she had to go into the hospital before then. And then she was going to get moved to a different hospital, had a heart attack going to that hospital, never really recovered. Mm -hmm. And for a month, she just sort of languished. And it was in Boston, which is, you know, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes away on a good day. Um, but I would leave work and, you know, it could take me an hour, an hour and a half to get there. Um, so almost every day after work, I would go and see her in the hospital where she's intubated and she's all medicined up and everything. She can't really talk. Uh, she's not even awake for a lot of the time, but, um, you know, we have to be there and deal with all that stuff. And sometimes I would just go home and just look up into the sky and be like, you know, God, you have this under control. And then this song would come to my mind and say, if if I only could just swap our places and I would have the bad heart with my, you know, 40-year-old body and I'd be able to handle it and you could have my heart, you know, and 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 you could live and I would deal with that. Even if I had a heart attack or something, I could probably survive it better than she could. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> it's not what God intended. That's not what God wanted. He, uh, he's obviously putting together an all-star team up there. <laughs> so, uh, he needed to, you know, fill out second base or whatever she's doing up there. So, um, you know, she, uh, she passed away about a month after that whole process. And this song still, still brings me a little bit of solace when, when I hear it and sing it. And the, the eeriness of it is still there because it was an eerie time in my life. Um, both times actually, you know, discovering this new music with all these weird sounds and sometimes, you know, things that you didn't understand or expect or whatever. And here I'm in this place where something is happening to a, a loved one where I don't understand it and, you know, I don't expect it and things. So sort of an interesting uh, song that sort of exists in two different times for me very specifically. But that's uh, that's running up the hill. All right. With no problems. With no problems. Uh, next track off of the uh, Atomic Arena album by Baron Cross, we have uh, In the Eye of the Fire, which is probably the most Iron Maiden-y song that I've heard by not Iron Maiden. <laughs> yes. Um, there is a better sounding song if you wanted to get closer to Iron Maiden called Dying Day, but it's not on Spotify, so I couldn't include it here. And it's really about, you know, dealing with, with death in that way that, that you know, that, that song's about. Here we have a song that's dealing with death in a different way. This is a anti-suicide song, basically, mm-hmm. anti-self-harm, um, which... Uh, 
played out in my life in ways that it, over the course of maybe two years, um, I had uh, in my immediate family, my, my older brother, his best friend, uh, my younger brother, his best friend, uh, both uh, chose suicide, which was terribly sad. Uh, and then very soon in that two-year thing, uh, I had a, a best friend who uh, just passed away suddenly and just poof. Um, right around that time also, a couple of years later, I had a, a very good friend who could not get herself off of drugs. And uh, I got that terrible, terrible, terrible call um, one day. And, uh, you know, the last the last time I saw her was when they were closing the casket. So there was just a terrible time. And this song is just talking about how, you know, you, the listener, are, are the beauty of life. Carry that thought in your mind. Don't ever think you're losing the game. If you're a Christian, you're not losing. You know, whatever happens to you, you win. You know, what can the devil take away from you? You, you, you know, you that you don't get in heaven. It's just amazing when people start to to lose that sense of the eternal and they they just, you know, play all their chips down in this life. And you just oh, don't do that. Um, this song also represents me getting into Christian music. So, you know, after I went through all of that stuff, you know, I remember my, my mom bringing home some Petra albums, which were good. I'm not going to say anything bad about Petra, but they weren't what I was looking for. That's not what my ears were, were searching for. And so I didn't get into Petra then, but, um, having been into Iron Maiden, uh, Baron Cross was an easy, easy jump, especially with Atomic Arena. It was just a fantastic album to uh, to to listen to musically. Uh, the Mike Lee's voice is, I mean, it's it's very Bruce Dickinson Dickensian. <laughs> Dickinson. Very, very much. Yeah, um, they really did their best to, especially with the bass. Uh, he he's not Steve Harris, but this song especially highlights that you know the the what he can do with the bass, and they 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 tried to make sure that the bass was was uh, nice and chunky through you know through the songs on this album. Um, this uh, this has my favorite intro for any Baron Cross song, but it's not my favorite Baron Cross song. But musically, I think this one sort of ups the ante and shows more what Christian hard rock and Christian heavy metal became to me. Um, on the list, I don't have any tourniquet. I don't have any um, precious death. I don't have any deliverance. And it's because I couldn't find one song by them that did all of the stuff that this song did. Right. And this is the, one of the really interesting things about this, this, you know, thing that we're doing as exp experiment It's because if I can't choose 25 songs, then these songs need to be very specific songs. Um, so, you know, finding them was a really, a really good, a really interesting challenge. Um, but yeah, this, this was, uh, 
a really good one. And, and, you know, dealing with this stuff later on in life, I never really had that, you know, that sense, like, you know, I, I need to end it or anything. But when those things are going on around you, sometimes you're just like, you know, is, is it an option, you know, Hmm. and having songs like this, having things that just rule it out is, uh, is, is a good thing. Um, it's one of the beauties of having Christian music. It's because, you know, when you feel sad and when you feel, you know, negative emotions or something, your mind isn't full of, you know, stuff that isn't going to help you. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to sing some, uh, you know, some, some, uh, what's the name of the band? <laughs> But just think of a band that that just has more negative lyrics, and they might be beautifully done. Uh, you know, the the music might be beautifully done, but it just it doesn't carry the sense of healing and that sense of of um, you know the just being bathed in scripture and and stuff like that. And and that's what I get a lot from these songs. Um, and like in those earlier songs as well, I was looking for those little nuggets inside those other songs so when i did sing those songs when i have those songs on a list i still have that little i have my ear out for those lines for those things because that's what i take from them and uh, getting into christian music i just popped the entire kernel so right and actually rush taking it back to uh the first song rush has a really good song on the same topic as well uh if you're familiar with their presto album the song the pass was, uh, I was out of rush by then, but oh, go ahead. Presto was the one that got me into them. But, uh, that, that song was a song that Neil Pert had written about his brother, uh, because he had committed suicide and it was him kind of getting his emotion out about it. Like saying, you know, it's sort of the heroes aren't quitters sort of thing. Yeah. Although he didn't, it, it did, it wasn't put so bluntly. It just kind of had that same about. feel. Yeah. I'll speaking of presto, uh, it's my favorite Rush album. Uh, speaking of heroes, uh, next album on the list is "Hero" by Steve Taylor off of his Meltdown album. Yes, this is another one of those story songs. But if you don't know Steve Taylor, a lot of people think of him sort of like as the Christian Weird Al Yankovic or something. Um, not that he mimics other songs, but when he comes up with an original song, there's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of satire. There's a lot of um, uh, things that he twists around and shows you in a different light. Um, this I, song, go ahead. I think I think of him more as like kind of a a Christian Frank Zappa. Could be, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, different musically, but yeah, uh, that type of a thing where, you know, you listen to his stuff and, and it, they're, they're thinkers, you know, you're like, hmm, mm-hmm. I never thought about that. You know, uh, uh, this disco used to be a cute cathedral, you know, it's like the whole song is about that type of thing, but even just the title, you're like, oh, it used to be a cathedral, now it's a disco. How did a cathedral get to be a disco? Well, it's because people don't respect what it is. And 
that's how our lives can go, you know. So he has those little songs that that uh, oh um, melt down at Madame Tussauds, where I just you know talking about all the different uh, as if there was a wax museum that was melting, and you know the the general's been disarmed and things like that because you know he's lost his arm because it melted up. Um, but just some fantastic uh, stuff that he put out. But here. This actually has a lot of stuff happening because the song is about a boy who grows up reading his heroes in comic books and things like that. Uh, Marvel comic books, Saturday matinee, fairy tales. And he later in the song, he starts to understand that his heroes aren't really heroic when you start really breaking them down. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you've never heard the song before, listen to it. I don't want to ruin the ending because the ending is so sweet. Um, and it's one of those easy listening songs. It's There's a, a part in the middle where it sort of gets a little bit more, you know, boom, 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 a little bit. But for the most part, it's it's one of those songs where you could just put it on and, and go to sleep by it if you really wanted to. But the, the story of it uh, is really nice and uh, it makes a really great, fantastic point that um, I was able to put into my life, um, and Steve Taylor as well happens to be where my wife and I had our zeroth date. Zeroth. Zeroth, because we were both at his concert, but we didn't know each other. So later on, when we had our first date and started dating and, and comparing lives, and I knew that it was at the college that she went to. And I said, oh, I, I went there for uh, lots of different things. I saw Steve Taylor there. She's like, oh, really? I saw Steve Taylor there. I was like, which concert? And it was this one. And it, <laughs> we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did we have a date and we didn't know it? So it was just a fantastic uh, thing to, to understand there. Um, and, uh, you know, his first, I think the, the albums that end with Squint, that whole block of albums from um, uh, what is it? The one with bad rap on it. And then, uh, you know, ending with squint, it's four, five or six albums, just fantastic, um, fantastic songwriting, fantastic lyric writing. They, uh, all this, almost all the songs sound different. Uh, Some of them have strings. Some of them have, uh, uh, you know, heavy guitars. There's just so many different things that he's doing with musically with it. And, um, and this one in this place sort of holds that it sort of gives my childhood story, maybe, uh, you know, in a little four minute block there. Okay. Uh, next song off the outdoor Elvis album by the swirling eddies. We have tiny town, tiny town, this album I'm trying to think. This album was one of the first times anyone gave me anything that sounded anything like alternative music with Christian, you know, publishing on it. Um, there was a bunch of Christian alternative in the 80s, so some fantastic stuff as well. But I didn't really get into it. I was starting to get into, you know, Baron Cross and some of the heavier bands, Striper and things like that. Um, and then someone gave me this and said, you're going to have to deal with this guy's voice 
because <laughs> it's higher than you usually, you know, you're, you're used to hearing rock and roll voices. Um, the songs are all different and each one, it's like, this is a joke band, like a, a fun band for an actual other band. So there were so many different steps I had to take to start to process this, this album that it was almost like, like you could see the hurdles and he's like, this one is here and this one is here. So you knew where the hurdles were. So I started listening to outdoor Elvis and of course, the, it, it's ridiculous. Just the name of the album is the out in you know, outdoor Elvis. Right. And you know, you start to listen to the song, and you realize, oh, he's talking. He's equating Elvis with Bigfoot in this song. And you're like, okay, I'm getting it. Okay, he's he's doing something with satire here, and my young brain wasn't saturated in satire yet so i didn't really understand all of it um but when it came to tiny town i really started to understand it real quick and if you don't know anything about the lyrics of tiny town um it's interesting because it starts with someone saying the words stop surfing okay and I wish I had this. I should have saved it. But there's a um, there's a condition, a, a like a mental psychological condition, it's called like the tallest magnolia symptom or something like that. But there's a type of plant where if it's too high, the other ones will sort of drain the life out of it and kill it. And it's, I guess it, it happens a lot in Australia, or maybe they came up with this in Australia or something like that. So I never really put together Stop Surfing and what it had to do with this song. But I think it has something to do with that. I, I just found that recently. And, you know, the, the Stop Surfing about, you, you would think, Australia for surfing, I guess. I, I don't know exactly. The guys who, who are in this band are usually in the band uh, Daniel Amos, and they also make up part of the band Lost Dogs and some other bands. There's just uh, Terry Taylor is the mastermind behind all of these, and I say mastermind, and there's a lot of other masterminds in the band as well, but lyrically, he's sort of the one that, that uh, puts together these, these songs. And um, he is obtuse sometimes sometimes he names things in such a way that it really takes multiple listening or real digging to get to the point of the song but they sound beautiful some of them are real easy like on this album uh one or two songs after this one is mystery babylon which is basically this beach boys love song about mystery babylon from the book of revelation and it's a fantastic song it's easier to understand if you know Revelation, but this one it's a little bit, a little bit deeper because you're seeing things from one person's or one type of people's view, and they live in Tiny Town, and it starts out calling all the ants. This is our last chance. Trumpet of the saints, call the heads of states, and let's all kill the giants. And you're like, oh, these little ant people. I guess they're you know those giants that are. Uh, that are 
you know, and then it's uh, hold the torches high, lay them down to die. They know more than we know, and all they do is grow. And you're like, what? So they're killing people who are just smarter than them? That And the smart makes them grow? And you're like, wait a minute. This is an allegory. This is a satire on a lot of churches in America and Christianity because, you know, like that like that flower that grows too high and you have all the other ones draining it and, you know, killing it. it I'm, I'm anthropomorphizing flowers, which, you know, is kind of mm-hmm. silly, but that's what happens. The, the nutrients go away and, and everything. And when you have that one, you know, person holding up the, you know, the, the banner of, of Christianity, that you, uh, immediately you have, you know, 20 people around them saying, ah, yeah, but he got a D in English in, 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 in seventh grade and, and all this, and all this person, oh, he dated someone that was not, not a nice person. And they, and just tearing these people down when they're the ones that should be holding them up and saying, yes, okay, this person actually has, you know, he's going to be able to, to, to bring the church another step, you know, get the church to a, a bigger point. And who are the church? It's us. You know, when, when you're in tiny town, what you're killing is another person in your town. It's not a giant. It's just another ant that is growing. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. And the mm-hmm. ants are, are satisfied to stay ants. So, um, it's just like this melancholy song. It's fun to sing, and uh, it just it sort of opened up my mind a little bit more to what what satire can do and what humor can do in songs. Steve Taylor, you know, doing that as well. Um, but they sort of hold two different places here. That those two songs back to back. So there you go, Tiny Town. Tiny Town. All right. At this point in the show, we're going to. Say we're going to go to a commercial break and we'll be right back with the rest of Steve's list because mom and dad Mora really want us to put in the commercial breaks now. All right. Commercial break. Hey, y'all. My name's the Keeper. I have been told that I'm something of a what they call a Q-type character in this uh, show called Playing Games with Strangers. Now, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, given the implications of who this Q is on this uh, fangled uh, Star Trek or whatever it's called. But anyway... Uh, I recommend heading on over to playing games with strangers and listening to an episode or two and possibly uh, letting them know that no, he's not Q. He is a uh, benevolent, uh, all-knowing creature who just happened to put somebody in the wrong timeline. Anyway, I'll see y'all then. Thanks for listening. Just let me know uh, when we're going to... I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Go endorse whatever commercial our overlords just put in there. Uh, real talk, though, they put in some cool stuff. They advertise for playing games with strangers. They advertise for all kinds of stuff. We don't know which ones they're putting in, so otherwise I'd personalize it a little bit more. But 
I haven't heard a single thing that a single podcast that they advertise that I would say, no, don't listen to that. So it's all good stuff. Go check them out. But here yep. is the rest of Mr. McDonald's Spotify list about himself uh, coming up off the phase three album by SFC. We have a song called terror on tape and I rather enjoyed this one. This one kind of hit me in the old school hip hop that oh, good. I'd love. Good. So, although it was a little bit weird he- hearing them try to sound rugged and tough at the end and talking about DC talk is a terror on tape. <laughs> they, 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 they start, they start dropping names at the end of the song and it got me off guard and they threw DC talk out there. And I'm like, um, <laughs> well, one, I mean, DC talk was selling lots of, of rap records back then. And they actually put out some really good stuff, some very uh, technically well-done stuff. I mean, Toby Mac, you know, don't sleep on him. He's just he's he knows what he's doing. But um, those names at the end of this song is one of the reasons why I chose Terror on Tape. Terror on Tape is one of my favorite songs from SFC. Period. But having all those names at the end, I can't put all of those on the list. <laughs> You know, but, you know, you got Alliance of Light who became the gospel gangsters. You got, you know, Crucified. They mentioned they actually sampled a Crucified song on this album that they they did a, you know, a rap over. Um, And they were really holding up that banner of unity for um, for bands, for any bands to to rally around back then. Uh, SFC was uh, run by Chris Cooper who uh, chose the name SFC, uh, uh, Super C, later he became Soup the Chemist. And he um, he played on a, a Ricky Michelle record. He uh, did some stuff with, um, I think, uh, uh, Nobody's Special, you know, Pat Nobody's punk band. Um, he would crop up on these albums because he knew Gene Eugene, who was... Uh, Gene Poole, I think, was his name in Swirling Eddies, and he was uh, the mastermind before uh, for Adam again, who, who wrote a song that I wanted to put on this list called Occam's Razor, which is a fantastic song. Go get it. Um, but it just didn't hold the space that I needed these these things to hold. Um, uh, uh, sadly, he died too soon, around the year 2000. Uh, um, Gene Eugene, but uh, Chris Cooper, he continued to put albums out all through the 90s and then to the 2000s. Um, he about five years ago, no, 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 closer to 10 years ago now. He put out a, um, a an autobiography, mm-hmm. and it was one of those vanity press type things where you could you know get it and it would be printed. And when I read it, I was like. I'm an editor and I, I said, you know, I, I wish I could edit this a little bit or something. And I contacted him and had really good conversations back and forth. And I was able to edit the second version of his book, which was fantastic because he was like this person that I've been listening to since like 1990. First, his first uh, album came out in 89 eh, on Fresh FC. He was actually in another band uh, before then who put out an album in 88 or 87 called, um, JC and the boys, but, uh, SFC, their first album was called listen up. And I bought maybe 10 of those because every time I knew someone who liked rap music, I wanted to give them this album. It's not perfect. It's stripped back. It's more 
drum machine type stuff, but there are a couple of songs on it that really made rap music mean something to me, and, mm-hmm. and especially Christian rap. Um, I didn't put any Beastie Boys on this album on this list because you know there's just too many problematic references that the Beastie Boys make to different things in their their music. Um, so I couldn't do something like that. The, the Beastie Boys, interestingly enough, got me into both rap music and Led Zeppelin at the same time off of their <laughs> first album. Yeah, seriously, because they sampled, you know, Led Zeppelin like three different songs. Oh, I know. I, I I I've, I've heard those, and every time I'm like, I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if they break the levee, Led Zeppelin's gonna be real mad at them. <laughs> But uh, yes, I was on a, a bus trip to Colorado one year, and it was a, a church thing, well, Young Life, you know, Christian thing. And we picked up these these kids along the way, and some of them were from New Jersey, and they had a couple of rap albums. They had this one and Public Enemy's first one. Um, I think it's just called Public Public Enemy Number One, and um, you know, I. I wasn't making fun of them. I just, I didn't get in, I didn't get rap music. You know, I'd, I'd hear some of it on the radio. You'd hear run DMC and stuff like that. And so it's sort of rock and rolly some of it, but you know, some of it has like jazz and stuff. And so he loaned me these, these albums and I'm like the, the beastie boys, I immediately got into. And then the, um, uh, public enemy, uh, took me a little bit longer to a point where I was like, all right, I understand what public enemy are trying to do. But, you know, the the political stuff and, and a lot of the stuff that they were getting into, that wasn't my scene. So I sort of stayed out of that. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, Hallowed Be Thy Name, someone did a mashup of Hallowed Be Thy Name and Public Enemy Number 1 by Public Enemy. And it's on YouTube as far as I know. It might still be there. But if you can get that, it's it's a fantastic mashup. Um and it's one of the the cleaner ones from Public Enemy. There's a couple of you know nonsense rhymes or something in there, but uh, it, they whoever put it together just did a, a fun fun job. If you like if you like those types of things, but Terror on Tape um, just encapsulates all of that rap stuff for me. Um, you know SFC all the way through the '90s. You know rap is is one of the things that I'm really getting into. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I, I made my list and I got to stick with it. Um, but, you know, rap, I, I was if if I couldn't have got this song in there, it would have had to been something with, you know, industrial metal, you know, Deidophobia's uh, Fear of God album or something or a Brainchild or, or um, uh, Argyle Park or Mortal or something like that. And I don't have any. What's that? Chatterbox. Chatterbox, yeah, yeah. Soul Scum was one of the songs that was on this list, and I had to, I had to edit it. Um, and uh, so a, a lot of that type of stuff, I was, I was hearing really edgy stuff at this time, and getting into, you know, the heavy metal stuff. But none of those songs could hold the places that it needed to hold with the, with the songs that I, I chose here. So, uh, Terror, I, I had to put something of rap in there because I mean, even with industrial metal, it's metal. Um, so I, I had a little bit of that, but, uh, with terror on tape, just a fantastic song as well, because there's a lot of, uh, sampling in there and a lot of scratching and stuff. Um, and, uh, I tried to get the lyrics 
but none of the it, no none of the lyric places have the lyrics. But it it it's you can you can hear it. I mean, it's it's just a fun song, talking about you know having the band, making music, putting it out there, and you know why it's why he's doing it. The, he he was always very you know evangelical with his his music and his his uh, his stuff. So a lot of it is about you know getting out there and. Um, and giving people the gospel on tape. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Next song. I'm trying to pull it up and it keeps trying to play the playlist on me here. Uh, <laughs> next song is the whole moon by the water boys. The whole of the moon, the whole of the moon. My it's bad. A little, little different, a little different. Uh, um, from the album, The Whole of the Moon, the music of right. Mike Scott and the Water Boys. That's right. And the whole W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. Um, this song is, I have never found another song that encapsulates um, the, the differences and how they work together uh, between my wife and I. Um, this is one of her favorite songs, um, and it has become one of mine. And it's it's one of those ones where I can sing it, and it just it means all of that to me. You know, it starts. I pictured a rainbow. You held it in your hands. I had flashes, but you saw the plan, and then. This is interesting because these next two lines for me and my wife, Krista, are reversed. It it says, I wandered out in the world for years while you just stayed in your room. I was the one that stayed in my room. You know, I learned a lot from books and from, you know, studying and doing that. And she traveled a lot. You know, she went to Texas and back. She was born in New York and, and all that stuff. So she sort of, I, when, I, when I sing this, I sort of mix up the words there. And I say, you wandered out in the world for years. Well, I just stayed in my room. And then it says, I saw the crescent, but you saw the whole of the moon. And it always, it, she was she was always the one where it was like, you know, I, I would see the two-dimensional thing. And then she would just say yeah but look and just flip it on its side and all of a sudden it's three-dimensional i'm really like what how did that happen um i'm having flashbacks to our uh to our record store session of the super strangers campaign <laughs> you're running right now <laughs> that's right man when people hear that they can hear this but you know it's it's that type of a thing uh deeper into the song it says um i was grounded while you filled the skies I was dumbfounded by truths. You cut through lies. I saw the rain dirty valley. And you saw Brigadoon. I saw the crescent. You saw the hole of the moon. And it's just, it's like that. I never saw things until I saw them through her eyes. And it's just, you know, I'll, it will be it, uh, winter. You know, we would see the, the dead trees and everything, and she'd say, isn't that beautiful? You know, how it's just like black and white and stark, and, you know, it's just like everything in relief, and all of a sudden I'm like, I thought they were just dead trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, this song, it's just one of those ones, Just it, it's one of those ones you can just listen to and and. and even pause and, and to, you know, listen to the the the, the 
the dual aspect of, of how he puts the, the words together, um, uh, the phrases together. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, this is an example of what's called the big music, which is a type of alternative music that came out in the 80s, and it had sort of like this pop potential. Um, I think maybe big country was sort of like a proto big music but these guys really put the put the the name to it um and you don't really get big music anymore i don't think it's really a genre you can really get um but there were a couple of bands and this this uh, the water boys was one of them uh, they have a really another other interesting song called spirit um which has this that duality to it it's a very short song but i think he probably wrote it about the same time as this one um, just about a different thing, but, um, you know, this one, it's just, I saw the crescent, you saw the whole of the moon. That was it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Next on the list is the second track of the three that I actually own the albums for, uh, off of the legendary squint album by Steve Taylor. Um, and this song has been running in my head all day since you made me listen to it because it is a major earworm for me, uh, track called the finish line, the finish line. And this is the song where the, the name of the album comes from. Um, so I'll get to that in just a second. This song, when it came out, it was interesting because it's basically, you know, it's a mythologized journey from someone who is born again and then the troubles that they get into because Christians get into trouble, right? Christian be trouble, yo. Where my peeps at? So, um, and then... uh, how the person in the song is looking at this other person and traveling, you know, traveling through maybe the same thing, but has a distance, you know, you never, you never really get who that other person is looking at this other person. But, you know, the, it starts out and this is one of those ones that Steve Taylor can write the daylights out of a song. And this one is just a tour de force. Uh, Once upon an average morn, an average boy was born for the second time. Prone upon the altar there, he whispered up a prayer he'd kept hid inside. And then it turns a little bit. It says, the vision came. He saw the odds. A hundred little gods on a gilded wheel. And then the, the, the boy in the song says, these will vie to take your place. But father, by your grace, I will never kneel. And then it just follows through. I saw you upright and proud. I saw you wave to the crowd, laughing out loud at the Philistines. And I saw you brush away rocks and pull up your socks and you're out of the blocks for the finish line. And then the music just turns. And darkness falls, the devil stirs. And as your vision blurs, you start stumbling. The heart is weak, the will is gone, and every strong conviction comes tumbling down. Malice reigns, the acid guile is sucking at your shoes while the mud is fresh. It floods the trail, it bleeds you dry, as every little god buys its pound of flesh. And it just refers back to those gods on that gilded wheel, you know? So Mm -hmm. he he made that vow... He said, these will vie to take your place, but Father, by your grace, I will never kneel. And now they're buying their pound of flesh. 
Shakespearean reference. So there you go. Um, and then it follows this downfall of this Christian, how he's just, you know, just not putting it into gear. And, uh, and before it goes into the, the guitar solo, which is sort of like this, this laid back guitar solo, it's, it's fantastic to listen to. In fact, sometimes I just put it on a loop and just listen to the guitar solo because it's just that oral, interesting stuff that's going on. Um, it says, um, let's all wash our hands as we throw little fits. Let's all wash our hands as we curse hypocrites. We're locked in the washroom, turning old tricks, deaf and joyless and full of it. And when I heard that on a Christian album, I'm like, <gasps> he almost said a word there, <laughs> you know? And I was like, this is really getting gritty. This is deep. And it goes into this guitar solo where you can just sort of mellow out and think about what's going on in the song. It's, it's another one of those story songs. And then it comes back and it solos down a little bit and it says, the vision came, he saw the odds, a hundred little gods on a gilded wheel. And you're like, oh, I know that part of the song. He's just re redoing it, right? He says, these have tried to take your place, but Father, by your grace, I will never kneel. I will never kneel. And then it hits this amazing part of the song where it is so incredibly visual and and I don't want to ruin it for someone who's listening to it for the first time. What this song means to me is about 10 years after this song, um, I had a really good friend. He was my best man at my wedding. I was best man at his wedding. And he was lifting weights and, and just died. Mm -hmm. And that was the friend I mentioned earlier before with the, the, the Baron cross track. And he was the healthiest one of us all. You know, we hung around in a big group and he swam, he was, you know, swam in college. I mean, he, he was lifting weights, you know, and mm -hmm. he's the one that God chose to, to take for whatever reason. And he was my best friend at the time. And I saw him going through this stuff. I saw him stumbling and I knew that, you know, from when he was a little kid, his family was grounded in, in, uh, in Christianity and, and all this stuff. We went to the same church and everything. And, and he's going to college and stumbling and, you know, meeting the wrong types of girls and all this different stuff. And I'm just like looking at it from the outside. And I, I was there for him to be able to, to talk about it and things like that. And he was starting to, to, you know, he had turned it around and had started this this life as a as a, a dad, uh, married life and and all that stuff and and you know just to have it done. To me, it was it was a lot of ways. I'm I still haven't recovered from it. It's I think about them all the time. You mm -hmm. know, and songs like this, songs like um, Blood from Wish for Eden. Um, there's certain songs where you know, it just brings me right back to him. And the times that we had, the, the, 
the stuff that we did together. Um, and for the last, you know, over 20 years now, he hasn't been there. Right. But I saw him like the person in this song. I'm the one looking at him. He's the one going through it. And up until that time, this was just a cool song to me, but I never had the opportunity to see someone's entire Christian life played out like that. And it was, it was jarring. And this song means that to me, you know, it, it's, it's a, one of those songs that, that are his songs. And it brings me back when I'm looking at other people when I'm dealing with other, you know, uh, new Christians or even older Christians or whatever. And I sort of look at this song and I'm like, you know, where are they in this song? And what can I do to bring them to a good, you know, to the finish line? You know, right. are, are yeah. they going to cross the finish line? And, um, but yeah, listen to that song and just take your time with it. And um, it's just a fantastic, fantastic song. Yeah, it is a good tune, and it is a major earworm for me again. So, <clears throat> um, track the third track that I own the album for uh, is next. It's off of the More Than Conquerors album. It is Rest Assured by Dogwood. Rest Assured. This is the shortest song on my list. It's it is 75 seconds long, and I love short songs. I love long songs. There's something about them that are, it, it's just so, you know, the, the, the short ones, they're just so concise. And how can you make something that concise? You know, I'm, uh, uh, it, it amazes me when someone can do it that well. Um, and when I need to, to do stuff like that, um, it, uh, I think of songs like this, and I want to, to be able to duplicate it. Um, this song particularly, well, I wanted to get a punk song in there um, because I, you know, punk is one of those uh, art forms that, that I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> I guess as much as the other 40 different genres of music that I enjoy. Um, but uh, this one particularly is sort of my promise to my kids. So this trio of songs here near the end, you know, my wife, uh, my best friend, my kids, um, and it sort of makes like this weird trilogy of, of songs. Um, and this one, it's, it's interesting because it says, <laughs> it starts out, I'm already sorry for all the harm that is to come. I'm already thankful for the man I know that you'll become. So look up and laugh. We'll cross that finish line together. Hey, a callback to the last song, finish yeah. line. Uh, sleep tight tonight, child, and I will be watching over you. So it's it's one of those songs where you know, yeah, it's a punk song, but you could you could sing this as a lullaby. Uh, rest assured, God will be watching over you. All you need to learn. I'll keep you safe from harm. I'll do what it takes. I'll lay down my life as long as I know you'll be all right. I'll give you all my victories. Because without you, I'm not quite me. Rest assured, I'll stand right here. I'll never leave. 
and it's a little little more of the lyrics too but it's it's just one of those songs where it it's a promise um it's not a story i don't like every single song that's a story and i don't need every single song i like to be stories um and this is one of those ones where it's just i listen to it and i sing it and i just want to be that dad you know i want to be the dad that does all of this stuff yeah you know that's 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 that one <laughs> all right and, and it, it holds it holds a lot of places there too because there's so many different other music styles which i couldn't get into this list and and having being able to get a punk song um instead of perhaps like you know a 12 minute song or you know <laughs> something else yeah um it was, it was a it was a it was a it was a triumph for me to, to be able to get something that actually filled that place yeah definitely uh and then the last song on the list off of johnny cash's first american recordings album we have why me lord yes this one is is fantastic i didn't get into johnny cash in the 80s because he wasn't putting out stuff that was commercially successful some of it's good um he just wasn't wasn't that guy he wasn't the johnny cash from the 60s who just put out gold every time he he, you know cleared his throat so when he put out american recordings off of def jam records i was like wait a minute my beastie boys album and my run dmc albums are def jam records you know all of a sudden this guy had cred with me (laughs) that he didn't have before and I was like, uh, all right, let's let's take a listen to it. And it's stripped back. Basically, it's him and his guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he picked some really interesting songs off of this, you know, to put on this album. Um, he picked a song by Glenn Danzig, 13, um, which is a fantastic song. Uh, the Beast in Me, another fantastic song. Um, and... Uh, uh, what was it called? I forget it, but it was basically uh, the story behind Oh, Bury Me Not on the Lone Prairie. I think it was, it might have been every single uh, verse to it or something like that and tells the story of that, that, you know, that we know all, the, we all know the chorus, but it tells the story of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. Um, this one, though, I wanted to put Johnny on here somewhere and I got into his back catalog um, I was able to get his first album and a lot of his older stuff. Um, but having one of the songs off of this album where I really started to get into him and Johnny Cash was one of those connecting things between my wife and I, um, as we were starting our relationship. Um, so, you know, having that in there as well in the mix, uh, and just the lyrics, when I started listening to the song, I was like, oh, great. It's going to be a whiny song. Why me, Lord? <laughs> you know, what have I ever done to deserve? You know, and it's like you could really take it as this whiny song if you don't give it the time to play out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown. And then the chorus is just, Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it. So help me, Jesus. I know what I am. 
Now that I know that I've needed you so, help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. Tell me, Lord, if you think there's a way I can try to repay all I've taken from you. And then it ends, maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to you. And it's just like every time, you know, that one comes on, it's just listen to it all the way through. Uh, Almost all these songs, you know, even though they they might not be my favorite songs, they're ones that I want to listen to all the way through every single time because they just have that meat. Yeah. And this one, you know, it it doesn't give the gospel, but it's a prayer. You know, God doesn't need to know the gospel. It would have been nice to have him, you know, do a little, you know, repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord or something. But that's not what this song is. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer to God reminding you of what you are. And that's that's what I need sometimes is just every single time every little bad thing happens every single time anything good happens mm-hmm. you know this is one of those songs another one is uh, by lost dogs called uh, diamonds to coal and it's basically you know god take my diamonds you know that that i think are worth so much that are so precious to me that i don't want to give up and turn them to coal yeah you know that type of a thing where whenever i get too too clingy to things in this world you know, it's just it. I mean, it. If you think there's a way that I can, I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Every breath that we take, it's God's air. You know, mm-hmm. every step we take, it's God's gravity keeping us here. It's. I mean, every single time we we blink our eyes, we're getting God's light in our eyes back again. And and it's just, just a fantastic little humbling song. And to have Johnny Cash sort of round out the entire thing where, you know, chronologically speaking, he probably should, you know, should be the, the first one on the list because he's he had he's recording since the 50s. But um, you know, to have him as, as that ending, capping it all off with that little humble prayer, I thought was uh, the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. It's been interesting to dive into your subconscious because we spent the last episode splaying mine out. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go, dear listener. You now have seen both Steve and I, I don't want to say exposed. uh, I don't know. Revealed. (laughs) Revealed. We'll use the word revealed. Revealed. Uh, So... And uh, we do, these are all songs that we do highly recommend. Um, Just a little bonus recommendation. I didn't want to interrupt Steve when he was talking about uh, the finish line because uh, that story was so uh, uh, personal to him. It felt inappropriate to interject at that time period. But also on that Squint album, I I would also recommend Jesus is for Losers. That is my jam from that album as well. Yeah. And that's another one of those songs where you like, you it takes you off guard because you're like, Jesus is for losers. Hey man, come on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Jesus is for cool guys like me. Right. So, no. uh, want to do a quick thanks to, uh, Dallas and Celeste for letting us do a second episode uh, f- for this month, uh, which is irregular for us. We usually are just a once a month, uh, show. So thank you to them for letting us finish the thought we started. And, uh, do you have anything to say before we go, Steve? Um, 
No, I think I, I think I talked enough. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to step back and let you really run the, run the show. So I want, I wanted to squeeze all the steeviness out of the playlist. So there's just 43 other songs that I want to get to real quick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve McDonald, you're the steeviest. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, pr- please check us out on the Geek Devotions uh, Discord channel. We have our own little room in there that I do uh, monitor. So if you have anything you'd like to hear on the show, any question, musical-based questions or recommendations you want to know about or anything else, uh, pop in there and uh, let us know. And we'll either answer you there or on the show. And if you want to specifically have if you have a specific show idea you know pop in there and let us know about that too we're always open to new ideas we talk about heavy metal and hard rock a lot but that's not the only thing that we listen to so uh, throw it out there and we'll see what we can do to make this show something that you want to hear even more absolutely so until next episode thanks for listening and uh, to steal Dallas's line peace and love (laughs) good one (laughs) 